She tells me I don't talk loud enough if I got my hearing aid in. Can y'all hear me okay? Excuse me. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Romans uh, 12 is an excellent source of how Christians should behave by the casual observer today looking at many Christians they can't see the difference between the lifestyles of Christians and non-Christians too many Christians go to the same places associate with the same people same type people eat and drink alike, though maybe not ex excessively. They converse alike and uh, carry on their conversations uh, without thinking. What is it that should stand out in every Christian's life? That's the question. What is it that should stand out in every Christian's life? Every Christian should be a living source to Jesus. Romans chapter 12, we see what the Apostle Paul says. Paul said that we should present our bodies. Uh, that's something for, foreign to today's world and society. To, it seems, the church population as well as the general population. But the scripture says that we should present our bodies. Verse 1 in chapter 12 says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Folks, we need to pay really close attention to this particular chapter in Scripture. If we uh, take the example of the world, we can use business people wanting to model their lives after successful business men and women. They try to emulate them. Uh, we see young people doing the same thing. Uh, I watch some of these young people that, that want to be great uh, ball players or something like that, if you'll let me use a sporting illustration. They, uh, they do anything to get themselves in condition and try to act like their favorite athlete, uh, dress like, talk like, uh, do whatever they have to do, uh, like a, a professional. Uh, that's not, uh, not what God says that we ought to do. If we 
emulate everybody. If we act like anybody, we ought to act like Jesus. Now, we say that, and we think that we mean it, but when we get out there in the everyday world, do we live it? See, it's, it's easy for us here because we're among people of like conviction and like thoughts and everything else. We get out there in the world, we run into the devil. He's everywhere. He influences people at work, at play, everywhere. We can't go anywhere without running across the influence of Satan. And it becomes too easy for us to fall into following his example instead of the example of Jesus Christ. We ought to, uh, Scripture says, first of all, present our bodies as living as a living sacrifice. Now, <laughs> what, what people do today is just shameful to their bodies, and I'll, I'll have to preach to myself, I'm not as big as I used to be, but I'm overweight. And uh, who said something? <laughs> I thought that was my wife. <laughs> anyway, our bodies uh, should be presented to God to be used in his service. And uh, therefore, if our bodies are to be holy and pleasing to God, and we are to present them as spiritual acts of worship, we ought to take care of them. Now, our society today, if you just turn on the television and watch a series of commercials watching a movie or the news or anything else, if you just pay attention, boy, there's plenty of abuse to the body portrayed on television. People uh, do all sorts of things. If you watch television shows, they really do all sorts of sinful things and present their bodies not to God but to Satan. And folks, it ought not to be that way. The scripture says our bodies should be presented as holy and pleasing. Holy and pleasing. Now, I could go off for a while on what, what we see on TV and in the world as unholy and unpleasing to God. And probably some people would argue with that because uh, they, they think it's uh, okay to do some of these things. But we ought not to be conformed to what society thinks. Our minds should be conformed to what God thinks, to the scripture. We ought to pay attention to him and try to act like he says act to please him. And what else? To be witnesses, examples of good examples to the world. If we're going to uh, tell them about Jesus and how wonderful he is and how good he is and they need him for a savior, we need to act like him. We need to live a life that is pleasing when they look at us and see that we have just as much fun and can do things and have such a good time without all of the sin involved in our lives. The world would have us to believe today that you can't have fun unless you get drunk and stagger around and fall down. And folks, I'll tell you something. I've, I've had the, the unfortunate misfortune to be a drinker at one time. 
And I want to tell you something. Drinking to the point of being sick is not fun at all. And I don't know if anybody else has experienced that or not, but I, don't, I want you to know something. Uh, it's not fun to be holding on to that great white throne, excuse the expression, puking your guts up. That's not fun. And that's what the world wants us to believe, that it's okay to do that. And they do it on a regular and frequent basis. I'll tell you something. I might have been somebody that drank, but I'm a fast learner. I didn't want to do that but once. Anybody in their right mind doesn't want to do that but once. And it got me to stop and reconsider what I was doing. But I associated with uh, people that did it on a regular and frequent basis. Uh, I just, uh, I can't believe how many of us who call ourselves Christians can continue to do those things. Uh, and uh, maybe not excessively, but continue to do those things that are bad examples for Christ. Talking alike and acting alike and whatever else. What should stand out in every Christian's life? Our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be examples of a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. Now, that's, that's hard to do. Uh, and we don't understand sometimes what is entailed in that. But uh, the Apostle Paul expanded on that a little bit and said uh, for us to present our bodies. Look at verse 1. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Folks, it's hard for a blind, falling down, staggering drunk laying in his own vomit to shake your head, it's all right. Some people do that. It's hard for them to understand just exactly what it is God wants from them. Because their mind is so clouded and messed up by this drug. And never think that alcohol is not a drug. It's a drug. Just, you might as well smoke a joint or drink a fifth. You know, or, or never mind. Let, we won't get into that. We just ought not to be conformed to this world. And the world tells us, young people, older people, in between people, tell us today that it's okay to do this stuff as long as we don't do it in excess. What is excess? Well, if you take a 44 Magnum gun and walk out on the street and blow somebody's brains out, that's excessive, isn't it? One sin can be excessive. Stay away from it is what Jesus tried to teach us all of his life on this earth. Stay away from those things that pointed away from God and led you away from God. Walk in a godly manner. Don't be conformed to this age. So many people in our churches today think it's okay to live like the world. It's okay. 
They have a mentality sometimes of saying, well, I've accepted Christ as my Savior and he's forgiven all my sins, past, present, and future. I might as well have a good time. He's already forgiven me for everything that I can do. With an attitude like that, you don't know him. You don't know him. What did Jesus say as he forgave people? Go and sin no more. We can't do what we want to and what pleases us and get away with it in clean white linens and garments. We get filthy by associating with the world. It's bad enough to have to live in the society that we live in. Enough of the dirt just rubs off on us, it seems. <laughs> you take a kid playing out with the other people and, and other boys and girls, and, and they may, some of those folks might get down and wallow in the grass and wallow in the mud, and, and, and your baby doesn't do it. He's just there with them, running and ripping and playing and having a good time, and he doesn't come home all covered in mud and dirt. Christians can't do that. What do you do to that, that child that's been out playing all day long with the other children that are dirty and nasty? You run water in the tub and you throw that little codger in the, in the water. Why? Because he's been hot and sweaty outside all day anyway. Folks, we can't live and exist in a world without getting nasty. I don't know whether y'all have noticed or not, but the world is nasty. And just by our presence among them, rubbing elbows with them, touching them, listening to that mess, putting it in our mind, we are corrupted by the world. We need to learn to present our bodies as living sacrifices to God. That's what we ought to do. And when we do, how were those offerings presented? How were the sacrifices presented? The Jewish people went to the temple and they offered them uh, as an offering for their sins that the offering was consumed and used to take away their sins is what they believed. And we ought to live like we're that sacrifice and been offered up to Jesus. Scripture says here in Romans verse 1, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. How do we present our bodies? When the world sees us, do they see a person who is morally clean and pure? Do they see a person who exemplifies a walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? What do they see when they see us? Do they see a person who is worthy to be recognized and emulated and followed uh, as an example? Do they see that? Folks, the world, when the world looks at us, they ought to see an example of Christ, something that they want to follow because it is good and holy and pure. We ought to think sensibly. God has distributed a measure of faith to each one of us according to the scripture in verse 3. Verse 4 says, Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, 
We who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one. It's talking to the church. We have people in church sometimes that are acting in an ungodly way. And the church knows about it. Well, now, I've, I grew up in a time when the church knew about things like that. They churched people. Have you ever heard that term, that, that, that person was churched? If a person was living in a sinful manner, they would bring that person before the church and actually hold a, a type of court for them. But really it was a t should have been and was, hopefully, a time of prayer and consideration to lead this person back to a walk with the Lord and get them out of that sinful path that they're on. People, church members, fall prey to the world and the temptations of the world too. And we need to be about discerning what is good and pleasing to God, what his perfect will is. How do we know that? You hold it in your hand. You hold it in your hand. If it says it's not good in here, trust me, folks, there's no amount of excusing or no amount of papers you can read or write or anything else. There's nothing that you can do to justify violating the laws of this scripture. Those are God laws, God's laws. You can't violate them without repercussions. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 3 says, For by grace, by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think himself more of, not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed to a measure <clears throat> excuse me, of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way. We who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one. It's talking about the church, isn't it? That's, that's who we are. It goes on in verse 6 to say, According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. Uh, let's just, uh, we look at a few. If prophecy, use it according to the standard of one's faith. If service in service, if teaching in teaching, if exhorting and exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. In other words, show some Christian ethics. We don't uh, like it when we hear from the scripture that we ought to do some of these things. Some people have the gift of speaking. I'm going to tell you something. Now, preaching is a type of prophecy. And uh, public speaking falls under that category if we're speaking for God. But I want to tell you, when I was a young person, when I was in high school, junior high school, it scared me absolutely to death to stand up in front of my fellow class members and present anything. It didn't make any difference. It didn't what it was. I, it didn't matter if I knew it well inside and out, backwards and forwards. I messed it up. 
I forgot every rule of grammar that I'd ever learned in my life when I was standing up in front of people trying to talk. And God called me to preach. Me and him had a little talk about that. I had to get him in the corner and say, are you sure? <laughs> Who am I to ask God if he's sure? But folks, that's just human nature, it seems, a lot of times. Are you sure? You know what he said? Yeah. But God, I can't do this. You may not, but I can. It's the willingness to surrender to God's will that is most important. Not your ability or mine, because in comparison to what God can give, we don't have anything. <laughs> we ought, ought to be happy to be in his service. We ought to be diligent as church members to do what God wants us to do, to be witnesses in the world. We ought to be diligent to be witnesses in the world and not do anything in our lives that would be detrimental to our testimony. Uh, when we give, we ought to give generously to the Lord and his work. Uh, when we encourage other people and exhort them to live holy lives, we need to be good examples for them. Uh, and a lot of people, we, we get to meddling when we start talking about teaching and serving. Uh, some people say, I can't teach. Well, God wouldn't ask you to teach if, if he didn't think you could. And we got to understand this. Teaching is kind of like preaching. You can say, eh, uh, excuse my English, ain't no way. Yeah, there's a way. It's God's way. You think you can't teach, and that's what he wants you to do. You need to surrender to teach because you're not going to be a happy camper until you do. If it's in serving him, we need to do it faithfully and joyfully. We need to get in service to him. Folks, it doesn't make any difference what we do as God's children for him. Everything is that we do for him is service. Doesn't matter whether it's big or great or small. Just, hey, you can walk in the building and, and take it upon yourself to pick up loose paper on the floor or off the pews and do something with them before church. That's a service. You can speak a kind word to somebody who's down in the dumps and feeling bad to encourage them. That's a service. A service to God. You may be helping others, but that's what that is. You're serving God when you do that because that's what he wants us to do. We ought to do it very cheerfully. <laughs> I hate to say this, but I've gone in some churches where everybody in the church just looks like they've eaten a lemon. <laughs> some of y'all giggle. Y'all been in those too, haven't you? <laughs> oh, look... <laughs> You walk into church and see a bunch of people that have sour pussies all over them. You know, you, you know you're not in a happy place. <laughs> Look, people want to be in an environment where they feel comfortable and, and welcome and among happy people. Nobody wants to be at a funeral every time they walk in a church. And that's unfortunately, that's the way some people feel. We ought to be the happiest folks in the world. We ought to be showing each other more love than anybody in the world does. Why? 
That's what Jesus said do. And until I find a passage in Scripture that tells me not to do what Jesus said, I'm going to try to do what Jesus said. Now, people don't believe it. I'm, I'm really a backwards person. I'm not an outgoing person. I could stand in the corner at a meeting and the room be full of 300 people and not say a word to anybody and everything would be good. It wouldn't bother me a bit. I could go home and be just as filled by what the speaker says and anything and never talk to anybody. That's just my personality. But that's not the way God wants me to be. So what do I do? Swallow hard and jump in there. It's kind of like a kid that don't know how to swim. How do you teach him how to swim? This is the old-fashioned way. You take him to the deep end and chunk him in. He'll learn to swim real quick, or you'll have to get in there and get him out one or the other. Sometimes the Lord throws us in the deep end, but he never leaves the edge of the pool. He's always there, full of grace and mercy. Love must be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Detest evil. Not go to bed with it. Detest it. Don't get around it. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. That being patient in affliction is worthy of comment. We get, I get to see people that are, have been in the worst way, uh, physically, mentally, uh, economically, but you can't take their spirit away. There's something about them that just stays up all the time and you're wondering how in the world with all of that going on in their life can they be so pleasant and at peace with us and with God? Whew, I don't know. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope and be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Oh. Every day, in some way, sometime, it's best to have a time to do it regularly. But every day, we need to talk to God. Now, sometimes we have friends that call on the telephone every day and talk the same old stuff every day. God's not like that. When we talk to God, it's fresh and new and encouraging. We need to remember that. We need to share with the saints and their needs, pursue hospitality, bless those who persecute us. <laughs> bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. 
Uh, to me, that has to do with the <laughs> phrases before, do not be proud, instead associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. You know, there are a lot of people out there that, that think they're something special in their knowledge uh, and everything else, and they don't mind showing you that they feel that way. You've met people like that. You know people like that. God says to a Christian, don't be that way. And don't repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. Now, I take that to mean if you've got a problem with somebody and you know you've got a problem with somebody, whether you're at fault or not, you ought to fix the problem or try to fix the problem. That's the Christian's role. Well, I didn't do anything. They did it to me. It doesn't make any difference. That's our attitude sometimes. Not my place. I didn't start it. Well, every Christian ought to have the attitude of we ought to finish it. You can go tell anybody you love them. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for his wrath. Don't, don't take getting even in your, in your own life. Don't take it in your own hands. God will get even for you. Let me tell you something. He does his job a whole lot better than you can. Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you're, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. <laughs> we like to think about that part, but we don't think about the first part of that verse. We, we don't mind those fiery coals, but we don't want to do the things that are <laughs> going to heap them on, on somebody's head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Folks, if there's one set of phrases that we need to get out of this passage of Scripture, it's that one. Don't be conquered by evil. Don't let the devil have the best. Don't let the devil have his way. Conquer evil with good. You do what God wants you to do. Everything's going to be all right. It may look dismal at the time, but trust me, it's going to be okay. Do the right thing. If one's been saved, he's a new creation, according to what I read and according to what the Scripture says. As such, our priorities ought to change. The welfare of others becomes more important to us, especially their relationship with Jesus. And folks, that's welfare. If you have a friend that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, you owe it to them, of course, but especially to Jesus to share the love of Jesus with them. The question today for Christians in church is how is our attitude? Do we have the attitude that leads to that kind of behavior in the world. Do people look at you out there in the world every day and say, that person is a Christian? How do they know? By the way you act, the way you talk, the way you relate to other people. That's how they know. Because you exemplify Jesus as you walk through life. That's what God wants us to do. 
Let's stand together, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you have a, a need and you need me to talk to you or want to talk to me, you can uh, hold your hand up or whatever, and I'll try to remember that, okay? And we can get together. Uh, if uh, the Lord has spoken to you about your relationship with him and you need to get things right with him, you can tell me this morning and we'll take some time and talk about it, okay? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for being here among us today. We thank you, God, for your word and the encouragement that it gives. God, the instruction that it gives to us. You've not saved us and left us without a word on how to act and how to be. We need to be your servants. We need to be at your disposal. God, help us to live before the world as Christians. Young or old, doesn't matter. Let us live in a way that would lead people to see Jesus in us and come to know him as their Savior. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this privilege that we have to be here. And we pray, God, in your name. Amen and amen. Listen, we're going to hear it five